Be sure to check us out on Patreon. There you will find our community with several different tiers of learning. Our Patreon community is all about immersing yourself in the streams, teachings, and the Taya practice with lots of Taya tools and Taya teachings via weekly live video and exclusive coaching sessions at patreon.com. Because the root of suffering, the root of all suffering, is our labeling of an experience as should not be. 100% of the time, when we label something as should not be, we suffer. When we're suffering, it's because we're labeling something as should not be. Welcome to the Stream of David podcast. I'm your host, David Strickle. Back from summer hiatus, I believe we've depleted our backlog of previously recorded podcasts, and now uh, we will be back recording weekly. At least that's the intention. And this week, since it's uh, our first day back, I thought it would be a good idea to just come on myself and catch up with everybody. I do have a topic for today, though, and our topic for this episode is what is residing in your vibrational basement? So if you're new to our world, you know, we sort of have our own lexicon here. (laughs) It's pretty easy to figure it out, I think. But we talk about vibration a lot because your vibration is is uh, very tied uh, to what's going on in your life. Your point of attraction is your vibration. If your vibration is high, you are probably living a happier life, a more joyful and abundant life. And you're probably attracting or creating consciously, really, more of the things that you want, fewer of the things that you don't want. And when your vibration is high and you dip down a little bit, two things happen. One, it doesn't feel so good because you're used to being up. So when you dip down, you're really aware, which is nice because we all know we've probably all lived through a period if we're not in one still where our vibration is generally lower and we really just become accustomed to operating in low vibration. That doesn't have to be. Certainly you can take some steps to raise your default vibration, which will absolutely improve your life or improve everything. But we're never going to raise our vibration and get so high on our spiral and just park ourselves there and be in this high vibrational state. Inevitably, we are going to to drop. Polarity is going to tug at us a little bit or more, more likely polarity might take us down just a little bit and make us a little bit vulnerable to things that we're experiencing. Maybe we have some old beliefs or memories lying around that we're not even really aware of until we get triggered. And if you're doing work to systematically raise your vibration, which is what the streams teachings and and the Taya practice are all about, then you're going to become more acutely aware of this stuff. And when something triggers you in this practice, and instead of just letting it become this runaway negative train of negative behavior and emotions and and such, we want to pay attention to what's there. Like, wow, I just got triggered by that. That's interesting. That's good information for me. Because if I'm triggered by something, that means that I'm holding on to something in my vibrational basement. The bottom of my spiral, we call it the vibrational basement for that reason. What is lurking down there? We all have stuff down there. We all do. We spend a lifetime clearing that stuff out. And there's still going to be little things that are lying down there for us. I have spent years clearing this stuff out. And very often I do feel like I've cleared everything out of my vibrational basement. I know that's not true but I like to tell myself that. So what's down there? And I will tell you what's going on for me today. Uh, I'm recording this on September 11th, uh, 2023. We will probably publish this within the next couple of weeks because like I said, our backlog is depleted. 
But uh, my father has COVID. My father is in the hospital. Uh, he's 82. He's about to turn 83. Uh, he got a puppy recently. I think I've, if you've been listening to me in other places, I kind of shared how interesting it was to me that my 83-year-old father decided to get a puppy. Uh, but he got a puppy, and he was very, very excited about this puppy. And the day after he picked the puppy up, uh, he had to be rushed to the hospital with COVID. And he got out. And then he sort of had this relapse and they had to take him back by EMS and they put him right into ICU. And what he has now is what they're calling COVID pneumonia. And as of this morning, he had to be intubated. So he's on a ventilator and they're saying the prognosis is not good. So as of right now, I don't know what the status is. I may be on a flight to Austin tomorrow if he passes. Uh, I personally do not feel the need to go have a, a moment with him in this state because he's in ICU. You can't really get in to see him. Uh, I spoke to my sister this morning. She said she's going to go visit, but she has to be completely covered and, and secured head to toe just because it's so contagious. Uh, and so in that environment, that's just the way that is. So I have done a lot of work uh, regarding the topic of my father. If you read my first book, uh, The Stream Eternal Wisdom for a Better Life, you know he departed my life really when I was six and uh, left uh, our family and went uh, and married uh, this other person who is now my stepmother, who I adore. And he went and started another family, essentially, and really wasn't that involved in, in my or my brother's lives. And for a long time, I resented him for that because we grew up very poor, where he and my stepmother and my sister, because my stepmother had you know money in her family, grew up fairly well off. And so we would be exposed in our visits to him. We would see him once or twice a year. And we would go down and you know visit and see the beautiful house and the pool and the new cars and the spiral staircase and the marble floors and all that stuff. And then go home to the roach infested apartment that we lived in with our mother uh, in this really sketchy apartment community. And so when I was a kid, that was a lot to deal with. But as I got older and, and I was really guided by my own inner guidance to not worry, you know, you can hold on to that stuff and all of this anger and resentment and make this your, your reality, or you can just decide that you're, you're going to forgive and you're going to, you know, just move on. And in that process, not only did I find forgiveness for my father, I found appreciation for him because he never completely exited my life. It's not like he disappeared and ghosted us or anything like that. Um, he was never physically abusive at all. My mother was far more physically abusive than my father. Both of my parents were what I would probably call mentally abusive on some level. My mother was full on emotionally, you know, I wish you weren't alive. Why don't you go kill yourself <laughs> type of abuse, but I lived with her and I'm sure I was a handful, uh, especially for someone that says she never wanted children. Boy, did I give her a run for her money. <laughs> but my father, uh, he was just more of a, you know, not a terribly warm, loving person. He was of that generation, uh, pre baby boomer even. And, you know, his advice to us generally was lose weight. <laughs> Don't be fat. Don't be stupid. Do good in school. You know, that sort of thing. You know, that was just the way you know he was and the way his generation was. So he wasn't really there to teach me anything. He didn't teach me how to drive or tie a tie or shave or any of those things. I ended up being a very self-taught individual because I didn't have a father present. My mother wasn't really interested. So in my forgiveness process, that's where detuning really came from. All of this detuning that we do in the Taya practice, that's where it started for me was I've got to get over this stuff because not only, you know, was my father not really present in my life and we had this big financial impact because of it. Uh, my mother, when I was uh, in my early twenties, 
I came out of the closet to my mother and told her that I was gay and she never spoke to me again for the rest of her life. So I had these big parental issues to detune. And then I started a podcast, this podcast in 2017 and started talking about that and realized that much of the world has a lot of parental issues to detune. So I, I, and I've ended up working with lots of people that, that have these things going on. So I feel like I've detuned my father. I appreciate him exactly the way he is. Uh, I am not particularly close to him, but I do see him. I just saw him a couple of months ago. I see him now once a year or so. And I'm very at peace with our relationship, even though it's not close and it never will be. And it never has been. I'm very much at peace with, I believe my father cared for me in his own way. Uh, there's a couple of times in my life where he has been for the, there for me when I needed him and asked for it. So I appreciate him. I appreciate that his absence made me the strong, independent person that I am, that my parents being ap uh, absent from my early childhood and really from my life in general, uh, caused me to go inward. And that's where this, the stream came from. The stream was me going inward to my own inner being or source being or higher self, however you refer to that, and really allowing that to be the, the entity that raised me, so to speak, and raised me to be a generally caring, kind, loving person. And I know that could have gone another way. And it didn't because I had this inner guidance guiding me, even when my mother was telling me how useless I was, even though I wasn't a good student, I wasn't a, you know, a preferred child. <laughs> uh, I had this inner guidance telling me that I was worthy, that I was a, a, a worthy person of happiness and joy and abundance. All of the material things that, that I saw that I wanted, that inner guidance guided me to, yes, you can have all that stuff. And I spent a good part of my life really pursuing that, thinking that's what happiness was until I taught myself the very valuable lesson that happiness isn't money and material things. That money and material things is a lovely complement to a joyful existence, but we need to, to really chase joy. And we don't have to chase it, it's there for us. But in terms of what are you going to do with your life and, and, and raising your vibration and, and transforming yourself, joy is the holy grail of the human experience because there's so many things so many aspects of what i call the matrix that are designed to make us believe that joy isn't even possible i, I believe that consumerism has, has sort of emerged as this this uh major belief system I, I believe there's more consumerism in belief systems today than religion you know religion was a belief system that served humanity for a time and that sort of fell apart and unraveled and now a lot of the people that are even I don't want to say pretending. That sounds so cynical, doesn't it? People that are pretending to be religious are very often more into consumerism. In fact, there are a lot of religions now that are that are really built around, um, you know, the, the economic well-being, abundance, you know, mindset. A lot of spirituality is built around that too. Certainly, Taya is trust your abundance. But I've always tried to make it clear that when we talk about abundance, we really are talking about what you want to experience, not just abundance of money and material things. So... When we are, are talking in terms of raising our default vibration, of course, we're going to address what's bringing it down. I know there are a lot of teachings out there that are all about just get happy and you get everything that you want. And that's true. But how do you just get happy when you've got all the stuff sitting in your vibrational basement? All the stuff that's just waiting for your next, you know, little fluctuation down your vibrational spiral for you to easily be tri triggered. So when you're triggered, that is a good thing. 
you know, certainly we don't want to be triggered and have our emotions, you know, batted all over the place and, and going down your spiral feels terrible. And especially when you start raising your vibration, like I said earlier, yeah, the plummet down feels awful or any dip really feels bad and uncomfortable. I think that's a good thing because if we make our way of life being in higher vibration and we dip down a little bit and it feels uncomfortable, we're going to notice it. We're going to note that, hey, I'm not where I want to be vibrationally right now. I'm not joyful. I'm not clear. I don't feel abundance flowing. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little fearful. I'm pessimistic. I'm being cynical. You know, all of those lower vibrational emotions that we all encounter from time to time, those are lovely little warning signs to us that, hey, you're not where you really want to be vibrationally. That disconnect is why, why you don't feel good right now, why your emotions have dropped a bit. And the gift of lower vibration, though, is the things that are residing in our vibrational basement present themselves to us. They show up. Oh, God, I thought I'd done, you know, I thought I was finished with that. And here it is bubbling up again. Well, that means that you've got some more detuning to do. And detuning is joyful. When you really learn how to do it and do it effectively and really reap the benefits from it, it's a joyful experience to discover what's in your vibrational basement. What limiting beliefs are you holding on to? What uh, you know, negative thoughts about yourself or the world or people around you are, are parked down there? And discovering that stuff and shining the light of true appreciation on it, thus detuning it, takes time and work sometimes. But when you finally detune that stuff and let it go, that's one less thing weighting you down, one less thing dragging you down your spiral, one less trigger that's not going to be a trigger. And I've healed lots of triggers personally, and I've witnessed people healing triggers. It's amazing when you do that, because then your, your emotions aren't on this roller coaster all the time. And when you start healing your own personal inner triggers, you will notice that the triggers that you might have about external things, other people that really aren't your business, but we're taught that we're supposed to worry about everybody else in this world. You know, that's, that's a lovely teaching of the matrix that every other human on the planet is also your responsibility. Well, Ty is a little different than that. We actually appreciate the journey of others, whatever that is. In the practice of Taya, we're not judging someone else's journey, even if that is a suffering journey because we are discovering the value of our own suffering in this practice and realizing that, wow, the, the event was one thing, but the suffering was really my own creation because the root of suffering, the root of all suffering is our labeling of an experience as should not be. 100% of the time, when we label something as should not be, we suffer. When we're suffering, it's because we're labeling something as should not be. Every time I I've, I've tested it for years now when I find myself suffering in some way that my catch, you all know, I love a catch when I catch myself, my catch is that, aha, I'm operating an ego right now because only my ego would label this event as should not be, whether it's something that's happening to me financially, physically, emotionally, how I'm being treated by somebody else. Only my ego has the opinion that some aspect of my human experience should not be. Because source, which is the other part of us, we have these two sides to us, right? We have source and we have our ego. Source is our eternal being. We are expressions of source. We're expressions of God. Our ego is our humanity. 
And our ego serves to separate us from that source being, from God, so that we can have the imperfect human journey. And the imperfect human journey is exactly what expands our consciousness. Because if we were just pure angelic expressions of source here in physical, having an experience where we're just having joy all the time and experiencing everything in perfection, there's two things, there's two big flaws in that idea. One, for us to experience that, every strand of consciousness would have to be the exact same vibration. There wouldn't be this, this range of experiences and range of expressions that we have in this wonderful world of ours if we were all the same vibration. There wouldn't be a physical world. So we would all have to be on the same page. You know, if we're all going to get along and we're going to have utopia and we're all going to agree with each other about everything all the time, that means we're all the same vibration. There's no value there because we are that way eternally, but this ego-driven human experience that we're in, in our case, that separates us from source gives us this individual expression. And the things that we want in this world the, the good food, the beautiful scenery, the vacations, the trips, the perfect weather, the birds chirping, puppies, kittens, uh, you know, great sex, you know, whatever it is that we love to experience in physical, those are our drivers in this life. You know, we're driven to move through this life experience because there's things that we want. So it's okay to want. It's okay to want a bigger house. It's okay to want a shiny new car. It's okay to want to have sex with someone that you find sexually attractive. Hopefully they think the same way about you and you're truly vibrationally aligned if that's going to happen, but I digress. So the desires are there for us to, to drive ourselves, to allow our ego, because our ego is wanting all that stuff. Our ego wants to have all those experiences and that's our driver through life. But to get through life, we are going to, to navigate obstacles to get to where we want to be. To, to manifest those experiences, even if it's just to wake up in the morning and go outside and hear the birds chirping. Maybe that's all you really want. Maybe you don't care about a bigger house or a shiny car or even having sex anymore. I understand that. So you have these desires, whatever they are, and source is not judging your desires. So if all you want is to wake up and see the blue sky and hear the birds chirp and breathe in a little air and, and have that simple experience, to source, it's not simple. To source, it's just as valuable as being the most celebrated billionaire celebrity with 100 million followers and every material thing you can imagine. It's all the same to source. Your ego or our collective ego is the thing that sort of judges that sort of stuff. This is a good experience and this is a bad experience. But we all know there are people that are experiencing all of the material things that you can imagine and they're still miserable. They're all tweeting about it if you go on Twitter. <laughs> They're all over there and they're still miserable. They're complaining and bitching about stuff all the time. So we know that when we're in high vibration, we're attracting what we want to experience. And when we're in low, we're separating ourselves from it. But the judgment of the separation, it should not be, is yet another personal opinion. So in Taya, we don't do that. In Taya, we're not that brand of spirituality that says love and light all the time. We are the brand of spirituality, if you will. We're a unique brand of spirituality that says, hey, I'm not going to label going down my spiral as should not be. And I'm not labeling my vibrational basement as should not be. Because the only way to clear out your vibrational basement is to appreciate it. The should not be, you're just strapping that stuff down. It's just going to stay there. And it's going to expand if you continue to focus upon it. 
And the things that we continually demonize tend to stick around. So what do we do in the Taya practice? We do exactly the opposite. We do exactly the opposite. We love it. We appreciate it. Look at the teacher that I created for myself. Look at this thing that I've been holding on to because of judgment that is just my ego that I can look at through the eyes of source, which is pure appreciation of all things, and release it. So coming back around to the topic of my father, I was having coffee with Michael this morning. I'd just gotten off the phone with my stepmother. She was really kind of surprised um, that, that they were there because my father was improving. She thought he was going to be just fine. And now she's having to make that decision to put him on a ventilator or not. And she decided to do that. That was in accordance with his wishes. And, you know, I hang up the phone, we're having coffee and, you know, my, my emotions were stirring a little bit. And, you know, Michael said, well, how are you doing with all this? I said, well, right now I'm doing fine, but the, I'm not going to try to hold myself in that space. If at some point in this process, I fall apart, that's fine. That's the experience that I'm having. And if there's anything lurking in my vibrational basement regarding my father over these coming days, I'm probably going to find out what that is. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to, to have something bubble up. And whether it's a positive memory or a not so positive memory or some hidden resentment or whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to appreciate it. That's the one thing that I know I will do. Whatever pops up is what pops up. Whatever's in the vibrational basement is what it is. But I know myself well enough now and I know, and I'm so into my practice that I know whatever it is, I will absolutely appreciate. So that's really what this is all about. This what's in your vibrational basement, what's lurking down there for you. And it's for you because you created it. You put it there. You probably put it there via your judgment, the judgment that you were taught to feel in the matrix, the judgment that the matrix very much teaches us that, that we're supposed to feel about things. All of these labels of should not be and should have never been. And, uh, you know, that was awful. It was terrible. That person was uh, a, a monster. We even, you know, we demonize things and we demonize people and, I'm here to tell you that, that through the guidance of the stream, I have found that that demonization is, is just a human ego-driven creation, like a lot of things in our world are. And we don't have to assign ourselves to that. We don't have to buy into that. We don't have to demonize anything. We can appreciate any and everything that's in our vibrational basement. Appreciate the clarity of finding out what it is. Appreciate the fact that we have spent a lifetime navigating our journey, if you will, our vibrational journey up and down the spiral. We've created these beliefs for ourselves. Are they still serving our desires today? And you know if they are or not, and you know where you are vibrationally by what's going on in your life. Are you on an ever-expanding journey of joy, clarity, and abundance or not? And really, it's up to you. You don't have to be on this journey if you don't want to be. The, the, the one beautiful thing about the stream's teachings is that they're not dogmatic. The stream has never come forth and said, obey us, do as we say. This is where you, you have to go. And if you don't, there's going to be some negative consequence for it. What I love about the stream is, is all of the quote unquote bad stuff and the ignoring their message. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being an atheist. In fact, I want to have Atheism Appreciation Day among the spiritual communities sometime because atheists are just people that are choosing a belief system that focuses just on 3D. 
it's not my chosen belief system. I identified as an atheist for a minute in my early twenties because religion, I felt really, you know, um, turned out by religion as a gay man that, Hey, religion doesn't want me. So I don't want it. And I had already questioned religion prior to that. I'd already questioned, you know, the, the dogma and the rules and the, and the judgment and all of that stuff. And this concept of this all powerful creative entity that is God that would place human beings, you know, in an environment, give you free will, give you desires, and then punish you for acting on any desires. It never made sense to me. And in that brand of belief, I also couldn't understand, well, if you are an all loving God, why are you allowing suffering to happen? And it took me years to really come around to the awareness that, wow, that brand of God is, is just a creation of consciousness and it serves its audience. And there's nothing wrong with believing that, but I'm going to choose not to, but I know there's something there. I know there is a, there is a loving, powerful, creative force that we are all part of that. I believe that we are part of when we're in physical and we are fully merged with when we're not physical. I believe that very, very strongly. I've just encountered that in so many different ways throughout my lifetime. And I do believe that that expression that we create sort of a humanized version of that very often just because we're human beings. So we think in terms of angels and spirit guides and things like that because of that. But to me, it's all source. And and there's certainly nothing wrong with having a belief that if, if you believe that you have guides guiding you through your life, I believe that source and that you're filtering it through your human mind and you're humanizing a bit thinking, okay, I have these ancestors or I have these guides that are attached to me and they're protective of me. There is nothing wrong with that belief system. There's, it's a, it's a good belief system in, in terms of just believing that you're protected. Think about it. We're creating our lives via our consciousness. If you believe you are protected or you believe that you are truly blessed or you believe that there are angels looking over you, I have felt that throughout my lifetime. How could you possibly go wrong if you believe that? If your goal is well-being and you believe that there is an energetic force that is assisting you in your well-being, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. So why not have that belief system? Why not? There's nothing wrong with it. There's no wrong belief system no wrong belief system, including atheism, including believing that, that we are in physical, uh, and we are, our consciousness exists and it's tied to our physical being and we are born and we have a lifetime and we die and that's it. That could be for all we all know that could be in this whole creation of energetic realm and anything beyond this lifetime could be wishful thinking. It's, it's comforting to believe that we are more than this. So we all get to choose our belief system. And I don't believe that there's a wrong belief system. There are some that certainly serve joy, clarity, and abundance more than others. I do see that. I do see people suffering in their belief systems very often, but we don't have to. I don't believe that for a second. And I've proven that to myself and I've taught this to enough people now, and I've seen them improve their lives with the, the improve, improvement in beliefs that I just, I believe that this is, this is the path. And for me and for anyone that's listening, this is what we offer. This is what the streams teachings are all about. This is what Taya is all about. 
Uh, I do have a book coming out about all of this. My first book is The Stream Eternal Wisdom for a Better Life that was published in 2018. That's really my life journey and how I became a channel and everything that happened that sort of brought me to do all of this. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's still a very relevant book. It's still available on Amazon. But we do have a new book coming out, uh, the Taya Practice book. The Taya Practice, A New Operating System for Your Life. And what the Taya Practice is, it's the practical application of the stream's teachings. Because when I decided to come out of the closet as a channel, I remember asking very clearly, you know, why does the world need this? I'm sorry, my phone is on silent and it's just making all kinds of noises, even though it's been silenced. So I apologize for all the background noise. So why does, why do we need this? Why do we need David Strickle to come forth and channel the stream? When we have all these other people that are channeling, more people than ever that, I, that I'm aware of uh, are channeling now because we're all channels. We're all channeling in our own way. We're all expressions of source. Certainly some of us develop a, a, a unique ability to write and speak and tune into that more than others, just like some people sing better than others. People write poetry better than others. People, uh, you know, decorate homes better than others. People practice medicine better than others. We all have our unique talent. We're all our unique vibration. My vibration is channeling source. And my intention with that has been to get my ego out of the way of that as much as possible, to channel source as purely as I possibly can, to get any fear, any trepidation. Now, I'm not worried about offending anyone. If you really listen to my podcast and go back to past episodes, you'll see that. Uh, I'm not uh, you know, looking to be politically correct. I'm not looking to uh, align myself with other spiritual or religious beliefs in any way. This is just what I'm getting that I believe is source and I'm sharing it with all of you. But the other intention in doing this was to create something. It wasn't even really to create a practice in the beginning. It was, I want to, I want to create something or teach something that is going to really allow people to apply this practically in their lives. Universal law is universal law. Anyone that anyone that's channeling is, is essentially at the root channeling the same thing. All creation happens via consciousness. And some people are, are also sharing that that consciousness, however, when we're in physical is impacted by polarity. That's the other half of that whole law of attraction equation that a lot of people don't teach because the idea of law of attraction sells. People love that. Yeah, if I, if I believe that I am, I will be. If I believe that I have, I will have. That works. It absolutely works. But it also frustrates the hell out of people very often. And it doesn't, and, and a lot of times it's very focused on consumerism and there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't help people address the stuff that's still holding them away from authentic joy. And that's what I wanted to teach with Taya. Yes, you can have all the stuff you want. I love stuff. I'm sure you love stuff. Stuff is great. Experiences are wonderful. You know, we're here to, to live life to the fullest. Anything that we have the ability to create or even imagine, we can have and possess and experience. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with any of that. But what about the stuff that the, the, the things that are present in our belief system that is dragging our vibration down. What about that? What about that stuff? What are we going to do with all that? That's the, that's the, the, the big question that I had in wanting to create something that was for the audience. And that's where Taya came from. Uh, you know, I started out teaching a little course called abundance breakthroughs, and it was sort of a very stripped down version of what now is morphed into the full blown Taya practice, the four pillars of Taya. I can't even tell you how that exactly came about. It just magically 
appeared in the teachings that there are these four pillars. You do these four things. You will systematically raise your vibration. You will give yourself an awakening experience. You will detune your life's transgressors. You will allow more source to be the, the our source to be the primary operator of your, of your life. And ego will sort of be in the back seat. Source will be in the driver's seat, if you will. Ego is not going to go away. We're not, we're not eliminating our ego. You don't do that as long as you're in physical as a human being. Your ego is your humanity. Your ego is delivering the separation that we all desire to come and have this journey of expansion of consciousness. And if we didn't have problems and if we didn't have challenges, then our, we would not be expanding our consciousness. So the Taya practice is really a trip out of the matrix. And I think all of humanity is suffering in the matrix at this point. The matrix has sort of done its job and it's becoming obsolete. And the mass awakening that's happening is an awakening out of the matrix. But as we awaken and start to move out of the matrix, what happens is, is the matrix wants to stick around and it's going to attempt to draw us back in. So those that are being drawn back into the matrix are probably finding themselves more polarized than ever. The lower you go vibrationally, the more polarized you are. The more polarized somebody is, the more one-sided, the more black and white they become. So if you're observing your, your fellow humans, whether they are close to you or people that you're just observing on social media, the more polarized they are, the more they need to be right, the more they need to have their beliefs validated externally, the more they need others to be wrong, to, to prove to themselves that they are right. We see this and we see more of it and we're seeing more of it because those that are getting drawn back into the matrix are experiencing hyperpolarity. I promise you, if you haven't experienced hyperpolarity or more polarity, it doesn't feel good. It's not a joyful, good feeling space. That's why you see more anger, more vitriol, more arguing, more, you know, demonization of people that are different. We're seeing more and more of that. We're seeing that on an uptick because we are challenging the matrix. Those of us that are challenging it, we're all challenging it in our own way, I believe, because it's really becoming obsolete. We are wising up to it, if you will. We are becoming so, um, our ability to communicate now in 3D is, is just becoming better and better all the time. All of these tools that we've created over the past 20, 30 years in social media and all these things where we can communicate globally to where most of the people on the planet are able to, to come together and, and be exposed to one another like never before that we know of. And in doing that, we are collectively questioning the matrix. And with each younger generation, that generation questions more and more and more. And they won't out of it. They don't want to be identified by their gender, their race, their nationality. Uh, they don't want to be limited based on uh, you know the traditional education. You know The world is really... Um, delivering itself from this matrix, but it's, it's a messy job. It really is, but we can enjoy the trip out of the matrix. It doesn't have to be messy for us. And it's okay if it's messy for them. It's okay if it's messy for someone else that's not into this practice. It's not that they're wrong or they're evil. You know, this isn't some cult where you're not allowed to associate with anyone that doesn't believe the way we do. It just is, uh, we, we're appreciating it actually. It's just that the more you raise your vibration, and the more you appreciate all that is, the more at peace with all of that you become. But what you may notice is that the more you raise your vibration, the more annoying you become to those whose vibration is not matched to that. 
but that's not your business unless you want to make it your business. And if you have felt what it's like to systematically raise your vibration, you can do anything you want, but I can't imagine that you would want to retreat and lower your vibration to fit back in to a social group or a crowd uh, that probably wasn't serving you on the highest level to begin with. But that's up to you. There's no dogma and tie. There's no penalty for not practicing this. There's certainly no penalty for not practicing it perfectly because it's an imperfect practice. It's all about imperfection. It's all about spinning out and falling and, and having your experience where you kind of go back down the spiral again. But ultimately, once you've been up there, I call it first class. You know, once you've flown first class, you really don't want to go back to coach. <laughs> once you've flown first class spiral and your default vibration is above neutral and you're up in that positive five, positive 10 territory, if you haven't taken that spiral training, I, I, I highly recommend that you do that. Um, in the spiral training, I will, uh, I will start linking it in the podcast description. So if you can't find the podcast description, you can always go to the stream go to the podcast page on our website. And, uh, these newer podcasts that we're putting out, we're putting a link, uh, and it gets you into the Thai Academy, but it's the first step in the Thai Academy is to take that spiral training. And we just updated that. So you've got the latest version of it. And it's very helpful to know that numeric spiral. And that training is, I give it to you completely free. So I will end this broadcast by thanking you for listening to the whole thing. I do appreciate all of you that subscribe. And uh, I certainly appreciate your comments uh, and your reviews that you give the podcast. Uh, but think about that. Think about what's residing in your vibrational basement. What's lurking down there that might be your next trigger what may be weighing you down. And you can go down and explore that stuff if you want. And if you don't do that, what's going to happen is the next time you're in a lower vibrational flow, that stuff's going to show up. It's going to bubble up for you. And instead of labeling it as this should not be, and I need to, I need to push this down. I need to go meditate and appreciate and raise my vibration. You can go do all those things that will help you with that stuff. But instead of pushing it down and trying to pretend like it doesn't exist down there and just raising your vibe and going back up, which you can do. But what I would suggest is to appreciate what's revealing itself to you while you're down there. In fact, if you can teach yourself and you can do this, you can retrain yourself to appreciate what exists in your vibrational basement and appreciate those things that pop up when you're in a lower vibrational state, what reveals itself to you. And just think about that. I'm in a lower vibrational state. This is what's revealing itself to me now. I appreciate the clarity. You have just taken a major step back up your spiral when you do that. There's the clarity. Here was my trigger. If you need to write it down to remember it, write it down. Then go do the things that raise your vibration. Then go do some low thought activities just to get your mind off of, you know, the. if you're so low on your spiral that you try to quiet your mind and, and your mind just takes off running in a negative direction, go do something low thought gardening, washing dishes, ironing clothes, a uh, long drive in the country, uh, something that's going to take enough of your thought to where you'll disrupt that, that negative train of thought. We call those low thought activities. Then once you're feeling a little better, then you want to do some appreciation exercises. What are three to five things that I can appreciate right now? You want to do those next. And then you can meditate. And for those of you that are subscribing on Patreon, I'm going to go do an addendum to this, and we're going to do a little meditation training over there. I uh, just to show my appreciation for all of you that are supporting us on our in our Patreon community. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening. 
Uh, and thank you for listening to the whole thing because I always put the good stuff at the end. So you might as well stick around for it. And I do want to challenge you if you're up for it to explore your vibrational abasement a little bit. And if you haven't yet, teach yourself to appreciate when you go down your spiral and when those things reveal themselves to you. Understand that all of those things are your own creation and that all you really need to do to release that stuff is just to stop labeling it as should not be or should not have been. And that becomes a practice. And that's the, the foundation of the Taya practice. And it will absolutely change your life. Thanks so much for listening. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.